0: You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere, brought to you by Manscaped with your hosts Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen to us free on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And look for us on our YouTube channel. Search for Three Angry Giant Fans. So that was Davis Webb and the call of him barreling over people going in for the touchdown and uh, keeping Philly starters out there as long as possible. So he showed some grit. The giants showed some grit and uh, you don't have to say uh good ending to the season when you're resting your starters to get a game like that fun game to watch.
1: Yeah. So, I, I, uh, I rather enjoyed myself. I almost didn't watch it. Cause I just, it's like, I don't want to see the giants just get, you know, taken apart and manhandled out there. But uh, as uh, so I was just saying before we came on, it ended up being fun because, you know, the announcers kept saying, you know, the Eagles were their stated goal was to get their starters out of there and, you know, put it, put up a number and, and get out of there. And, and now they pretty much, we had Jalen hurts deep into the fourth quarter as an injured already injured play. I mean, that's that pretty cool.
2: <laughs> what, what a weird game guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, we kind of knew it going in, uh, you know, being locked in a, in our, the succeed there, but, uh, Uh, it had, had like a preseason feel to it. Davis Webb is running around, which I didn't even know he was going to start. I thought it was Tyrod Taylor, but, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Davis Webb's, I I think performance. I I was pretty impressed with the guy, but, um, you know, it was just a strange game. We had, it was the opposite of what we thought was going to occur a few weeks ago, right? We're thinking the giants are going to desperately need the Eagles starters to be sitting. They'd have the one seed wrapped up and it was the complete opposite where we, uh, yeah, so it kind of a, the uh, we had the gray goose game the week before, but this was sort of a whole different kind of gray goose game. Started, just a weird, had a, just a strange, strange game on all accounts.
0: So, so absolutely. Uh, we are the 3 Angry giant fans. This is your host Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone, and before we get into Davis Webb and the Giants, uh, let's give a shout out. So, uh, hello, Basking Ridge, New Jersey. It's in Somerset County, home of uh, Verizon headquarters. Um, and it mm-hmm. was settled in, in uh, 1720 by British Presbyterians escaping religious persecution, which uh, Presbyterians wow. are the most mild-mannered of, of religion, so I'm not sure exactly who was persecuting them. Sir, you're too friendly. We must burn <laughs> you at the pitchfork. <laughs> it's also the, uh, the home or the birthplace of Meryl Streep and the other LT, which I always bristle when someone calls him LT, Ladanian Tomlinson.
2: Wow, I didn't know Thomason was from uh, Basking Ridge, New Jersey. Really? Basking Ridge. Didn't know that. Meryl Blurce
1: Streep. Huh? I I didn't have her yeah. pegged as a Jer- Jersey
0: girl. <laughs> <laughs> she worked hard to lose the accent and the yeah, hair. Yeah, she's I not,
1: think. You know, you think of you know the only like other Jersey girls I really know are like Snooki and I don't know uh, Jay. Wow, I don't know. I don't think I don't think uh, Meryl Streep fits in with that crowd
2: definitely has kind of the attitude i would say the sort of that yeah. salty new, you know jersey girl kind of tude Coming at you.
0: <laughs> so, so guys, in the Philly Philly game, you know, our backups didn't hang close. I got to tell you, I, the, when I saw Davis Webb out there, now he had the beard and stuff, but his stature and the way he carried himself, he looked just like Kerry Collins, I thought, with a beard. it's it, it was yeah. eerie. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, a little hitch on his throw. Yeah. He,
1: he looked familiar out there playing, and I wasn't putting my finger on it. And then, you know, Scott sends over the text, like, Doesn't he look like Kerry Collins? I'm like, oh, my God, it is. It's Kerry Collins. (laughs) A little bit, kind of a little hunched, little hunched shoulders a little bit. Like,
2: yeah. I'll tell you who he didn't look like uh, in terms of the stat sheet uh, was Justin Fields. I mean, I have to throw this out right away. (laughs) Davis Webb comes. Let's think about this. First career start. The guy hasn't seen any action, right? I think it was his first career start. Was it not? Or was it? it, uh, Yeah. Yeah. And uh guy had 23 com- for what it's worth. Right. The guy had 23 completions. I mean, shit, it would take fields three weeks to get that yeah, that 23 <laughs> completions is three or four games. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: And you can say whatever you want, check downs, this and that. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of the, 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 the action, but, uh, Kenny Galladay was on the field and like making amazing touchdown catches. I was murdering him earlier in the game, just barking at him for not getting separation from even a blade of grass out there. But, uh,
0: even on the touchdown uh, catch. I mean, he's blanketed. He does come I, down with the ball. I mean, a contested catch at least. But, geez, I mean, how many times does he run a route? And then the defender almost looks like he's having a gray goose coverage. He's uh, yeah, he's right. holding the glass, uh, batting and away ice. passes. The ice is shaking in the yeah. glass.
2: He's, he's like, oh, I'm covering Galladay. I don't even need yeah. to, like, I don't even have to run hard. Yeah, that dude
1: cannot uncover.
0: I think one thing that will be interesting to see as we go forward in the playoffs is is the health of Jalen Hurts. Now, he clearly did not want to run in this game, and he didn't need to because you know he wasn't going to put himself in harm's way. But the times that he did take off, he got down awfully quick. And, you know, with Lane Johnson out, we got a pretty good pass rush from our backups. And uh, he yeah. was he was moving all day long, trying to avoid the pass rush. And he, we saw how ineffective he was running. Running around and throwing from the pocket, uh, when it's yeah. collapsing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know, guys. Got- if it was, oh, go ahead, Mike.
1: No, no, please.
2: No, I was just gonna say it was again. Uh, it, we it, strange game on, on 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 both sides of the ball. Yeah, Hertz does not look hundred percent right. He did not look like he was at full speed, and it was they. they you know, Philly knew they had to win the game, so uh, they had uh, you know starters on both sides of the ball. But I don't know, guys. To me, they looked they looked like they were sleepwalking a little bit. They looked a little flat. You know, they knew they were going to win the game, but let's be honest. I mean, in this, if it was the other way around and the Giants, you know, and, and, and you know, it had it been cut to a one score game at the, at the end there, I was, I would not have been thrilled with the, as an Eagle fan, I would not have been thrilled with that performance. I thought that they were just going to roll the Giants. Same thing to your point, Mike, I was, you know, thinking like, ah, oh, how much am I even going to watch of this game? I mean, you know, you're going to watch it, but am I going to really uh, get upset when the Giants are down by 30, you know, by the yeah. third quarter kind of thing. And, and that. It looked like it had it, it was gonna head that way, but it it really didn't. but, um, yeah, Scott, to your point, I think um you know i I, I just made a couple you know notes on just a couple things, like you know, Cager had a good game. Um, we saw some nice runs from both Brightwell and Breta. I, yep. I thought, you know, so um you know, whether or not Philly was just sort of, I don't know, just they just did not see they didn't have the same intensity as um you know they've they've obviously had before, you know, when Hertz was in prior to his injury. So I wonder if you guys were were noticing the same thing.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote down here in my notes that um the Giants had more energy than the Eagles the whole game. It was yeah. it, clearly the game was decided by talent level. Um because if 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 the Giants backups were good enough, they'd have won that game. Um yep. and I, I think that's that's like a threefold thing here. I kinda had in the back of my mind that teams either go one or two ways when they need the win and the other team doesn't. They either do what the Giants did to the Colts last week, and there's several other examples of that, or they come out a little tight.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: And then there's several examples of that, too. And you didn't know what you were going to get from the Eagles, but they certainly looked a little tight. And, and I think a lot of that was them being off their game because a huge portion of their offense is, is Hurts running. And as Scott mentioned, either the coaches told him not to, or he didn't want to, or some combination of both. But, um, <clears throat> I Think you really got kind of a look behind the curtain there at what happens when Jalen Hurts can't run the ball for whatever reason. Yeah, he's a pedestrian at best passing quarterback, and it reminds me a little bit of Cam Newton. Uh, yeah. you know, Cam Newton won the MVP largely on his legs, and then the coaching staff in Carolina decided we want this guy to be around for a while, we're going to limit his running. Well, as soon as you limit his running, you take away the MVP from him. You you take away what makes him really valuable. Um, so I think that's where the Eagles are now with Hertz. Um, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I don't know who their backup quarterback is. But if you're going to game, a, if you're going to put together a game plan to win that game, knowing your quarterback can't run, they might have been just as well off or maybe even better off with a backup who's who's not a runner.
0: So their backup's um, Minshew, Garter yeah. Minshew. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and actually, I screwed up last week because I remember I said they signed Mike Glennon. Well, Mike Glennon actually practiced with them or tried out with them, but he was actually signed by the Dolphins and is still on the Dolphins practice squad. Oh, ah. So uh, yeah. correction from last week, since I we went on sort of a bit about Mike Glennon, and he's not even an eagle. So
1: ah, the bit was <laughs> worth it. <Sometimes. laughs> We could talk about Glennon's neck, neck.
0: I'll take it. Yeah,
1: Yeah. there might be. We might have a whole episode dedicated to Glennon's neck sometime. You know? mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, that
1: that's that was my takeaway on that. And I don't want uh, anyone listening to think that I have something against Jalen Hurts like I have against past Eagle quarterbacks or other division quarterbacks. I like Jalen Hurts. Um, he's going to be a pain in our ass for a while, I believe. Yep. But um, but this just kind of shows gives gives you a look at. At what happens when you take away, you know, hit, uh, at work, we always say, what's your fastball? You know, I want you working on your fastball. Jalen Hurts' fastball is running the ball. So when you take that away from him, he's average.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I think we saw a bit there, too. What a, you know, we've seen all year long what a good offensive line does for him. We also mm-hmm. have seen what A.J. Brown has done for him. And A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown, you know, had had a few catches in this game. I mean, he was silent after the first half. But when Hertz just throws the ball up to him, that guy can go up and get it. Yeah. And that's the one thing we are missing. We're missing a guy that can make contested catches. I sort of, we, you know, we joke about Galladay making the contested catch for the touchdown. But that's few and far in between. The rest of the time when he's blanketed, that ball drops to the ground. So, uh, you know, I, I would love to see us get. Daniel Jones some help next year as it really looks like he's going to stay here. We saw I mean, even with these backups in this game they looked as effective as our regular wide receivers. Cager did okay. Johnson yeah. did okay. You know, guys were running around getting open. Um, not, not not wide open, but enough so that, that, you know, Webb can make some throws to them.
1: Yeah. Cager he might have found himself a, a, a spot on the uh, with the regulars yeah. as we go into the playoffs. He was very impressive.
2: Yeah, I agree. The guy, I, I have a lot of confidence in that guy, coming down with the ball. I mean, I know you know there was a couple underneath routes and some things he he you know he he caught him and uh, you know so a lot of his catches were not ultimately contested really. But the guy, you know, for what it's worth, eight catches, sixty nine yards. Um, you know, he he uh the guy looked uh he's looked impressive uh, the few times that that he he has actually had the ball in his hands, but. Guys, I want to make a comment just about the, the Giants preparation for this game. Again, strange game We had with, with backups, you know, on, on, on all sides, you know, defense and offense. Uh, it's got a, it's a nod again to to Dable and having this team ready to go, um, you know, playing as a team. You saw it a, a couple times with Barkley, who wasn't even suited up, you know, just fired up on oh, the yeah. sidelines, especially at the end of the game. He's, you know, he was he was you know, barking at, at Davis Webb, you know, kind of egging him on a little bit or, you know, and. Those things uh, that, that 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 all comes down from the head coach right there. So uh, I know we'll talk a lot about uh, you know next week's uh, you know the playoff game you know, heading into Minnesota, but uh, right now, man, we've we've got a lot of things, to, uh, a lot of positive energy going
0: right now with this team. Yeah, a lot of positive energy. Uh, one thing I I'm not gonna use this as my pet peeve, although it could have been a pet peeve. I had to I had to laugh because after the game was over, you know, I flipped over to the uh, to the pregame for the the Sunday night game. Um, which ended up being Detroit beating the deck, which we'll get to in a minute. Oh, I can't wait to get to that. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know the the studio goes and they're showing highlights of the of the afternoon games, and of course they show the Dallas game, and they're like, oh Dallas Dallas stumbling into the playoffs, and then they go to the Eagle game and they show two highlights of Hertz throw into to AJ Brown, and they show a touchdown, and they're like, and the Eagles steamroll their way into the playoffs, and I'm thinking. Wait a minute, yeah, that, Dallas is hurts. struggling, and Philadelphia is just steamrolling their way in the playoffs. They didn't, they didn't. You're not going to talk about how they might have struggled a little bit or didn't look as good as they possibly did. The Eagles wrap up the number one seeder and prime for uh, for the yeah. playoffs. I'm like, well, got, really? I want to piggyback on that too because I'm glad you brought that
2: up because Tony Dungy, who like I don't have a problem with Dungy, right? I mean, he actually has gone out on a limb and made a number of picks. Uh, that the rest of the you know the, the, the Sunday night crew will not do. He actually picked Detroit to win the game for example. Mm-hmm. But yeah the same thing. I he said something you know, they they do the quick highlight and just uh you know like a robot just programmed to be like Eagles, you know, go go um just take care of the Giants in, in dominating fashion. Eagles look good. Get in the ones I'm like they they really didn't actually dude. Like <laughs> And, I, and again, Eagle fans, I would think would agree. Like, nah, actually they didn't look that good at all. And Dungey's just kind of with that half, with that plastered smile he has on his face, Eagles looking good. <laughs> no, nah, I didn't think they 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 did. We may get this fucking team uh, in the divisional round yeah. if things work out.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing. Things like that are amazing. I, I don't know how you do it justice to talk about that game without mentioning that the Giants play. I mean, Teams that sometimes in this week, like they bench key players, the Giants played their number twos at every position on both <laughs> sides of the ball. Right. I, I mean, that's yeah, that's kind of unprecedented. And it's th- not they even considered Tyrod Taylor to not be. <laughs> they didn't want Tyrod Taylor getting hurt in this game. They they went to the practice squad for the mm-hmm. freaking quarterback. Uh, how do you talk about this game without mentioning that is. Common. Well,
0: and halfway through the game, I think Charles Davis still was under the assumption the Giants were playing their starters the way he was announcing.
2: <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention to that guy.
0: No, there's there's a couple yeah. other things in there, but but we'll hold off on that for right now. So, all right, we we are gearing up for the playoff run. Sunday, four thirty. Uh, we got the four thirty slot on Sunday. So first off, you know we're, we're getting ready for many. We'll talk about the mini game in a minute. What do you guys think about the schedule? Do you like that slot? i I think i, I think the only other slot I would' liked better maybe is Sunday at one o'clock, but i I like I don't mind the four o'clock slot on a on a Sunday.
1: no, i I, I would have I'm fine with anything on the Sunday, really. Uh, the the My problem with Saturday is if you lose Saturday, you feel like, God, the playoffs didn't even get started <laughs> yet and we're out like Great You point. Know, that's you know, that's that feeling. Yep. and of course, of course, we talked ad nauseum last year about the inherent disadvantage in the playoffs and playing on a Monday night. So you really were hoping for the sometime on Sunday game. At least I was.
2: Yeah, I love the slot, guys. Uh, I, You know, it's funny. I, um, I did predictions. Uh, this was before the Sunday night result. So. I predicted where the games would uh, just a little, you know, uh, trying to have a little fun on predicting the games when they, you know, the time slots, the dates and the time slots. And um, I'm usually not bad at that. So I I was thinking, I I did it really for green Bay Hmm. to win. And then I'm like, all right, I'll just throw in, you know, if Detroit, if if Detroit wins, I'll just throw in Seattle in the same game. And I was the only game I was correct on was ours. Really? Uh, Giants Vikings at four o'clock. So I, I happen to love that slot, four o'clock on uh, on Sunday. I like it. I, I didn't think we'd get the night game, uh, you know, either any one of the night games. Um, they typically don't put the New York, the Giants, when they do make the playoffs. All right, it's been so rare. Uh, they they're typically not a Saturday game. So um, I had a couple other games right on the the, the the correct day, just not the time slot, that kind of thing. But I love our I love our uh, the time slot guys. But we'll know what I do like is that. Knowing uh, that Seattle and San Fran are their first game, uh, we'll know our destination um, when, you know, if, if we win our game. We know if, if Seattle wins, we know, uh, you know we're, we're going to uh, the winner of Dallas and Tampa. That's probably not going to happen, but uh, let's assume San Francisco wins. We know that uh, we're going to uh,
0: Philly. I, I thought that the, the Dallas-Tampa Bay game would be the Sunday night game. That's what I thought they put that in primetime Sunday night. I guess they're, I guess they're moving it to Monday to let Buck and Aikman do it or whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Got to get them on the Dallas game.
0: (laughs) So the Minnesota preview guys, I see a lot of optimism from people that the giants are going to win this game. And and at first I, I was on that train too. It makes me a little worried because I'm, I want to be the underdog. I want to go in there thinking we don't have a chance, but I'll tell you what, if we play as solidly as we did the last time we were in Minnesota and cut down on turnovers, I, I think we have, I think we have a shot in this game. Uh, we have to avoid a track meet, but I, I am looking for, us to to hang right with them and and i think vegas is too because i think the line on this game is three points which as the road team we're basically uh it, it's a pick em.
2: yeah yeah i think uh absolutely scott I, we, we definitely have a chance to win this game I, and this is you know i i was saying all day on sunday uh you know waiting for the results like you know got to be you always you know got to be careful what you wish for and i kept thinking the whole time i was rooting hard for san francisco to beat arizona but, uh so they would elevate to the 2 seed and we would you know minnesota fall to us but the more i think about it i'm extremely thrilled to have uh, another shot at minnesota and guys i you know i i i don't know if you remember this i certainly i remember saying this out loud that week christmas eve i think i mentioned it last week on our on our show last week i said um, before even that game started, I said, I have a strange feeling that maybe we lose to Minnesota in the regular season. We come back and beat up, beat their ass in the yes, playoffs did and say that we have it. This is it's, it's, I feel for some reason, and I'm going to give my prediction a little bit later, but, um, I, you know, I'm usually so, uh, uh, negative and, and pessimistic and, 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 guys, I feel really good about this week. And I hope I'm not setting myself up for major disappointment, but Scott, we are the underdog. I mean, we, we are, we should be, I mean, this team won 13 games, uh, the Vikings, uh, right, thirteen, four. You know they thirteen so,
0: games with a negative point differential. With a negative, idea. yeah.
2: But you're right. Uh, you know the line hasn't moved. It opened up at at uh, you know Giants getting three. I don't think it's moved since uh, since it opened. But um, uh, you know the Vikings are they they're supposed to win this game, Minnesota. They're they're certainly so the Giants are no question the underdog, but they're not a an inferior type of underdog where they just don't have a shot. I don't think we would we would have had a shot going to San Francisco. I really I I don't. Uh, this 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 team. With their defense, I wanted to play this Minnesota Viking defense because we needed a team with a poor defense, and Minnesota's got a shitty one. They do.
0: Now, do you guys think, before we talk about the specifics of the Giant game, that San Francisco is going to still be able to beat Philadelphia or Dallas with that offense? Um you know, or, or whoever else they play. I mean, because that I, I don't know who the favorites for the Super Bowl are. If you asked me three weeks ago, I probably would have said the Eagles, but the Eagles have had some trouble. The San Francisco, I mean, they still have Brock Purdy, but the guy has not looked like a rookie whatsoever. The guy is running that offense. Their defense is probably by far, hands down, the best in the conference. Yeah. And uh, I'll throw out a stat first before you answer that. With the dick being out, Mm. Four of the highest paid QBs this year missed the playoffs. Rodgers, Wilson, Murray, and Watson. Those are the four top oh. top paid QBs, and all wow. four of them missed the playoffs. First time that's happened in something like 30 years. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I, mean,
1: I, I mean, that's something you don't expect to hear, especially, you know, listening to the media and their reliance and they weight everything on quarterbacks. Um, of course they'll ignore this stat and they'll, you know, pick right up where they left off next year. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and they'll just assume that, you know, whatever team Aaron Rodgers goes to is instantly a contender. And it's like, why green Bay wasn't last year? I mean, I guess at the end of the year they played well, but, um, yeah, it's not, the games are so tight and so close now that the impact of the quarterback, I think is lessened. Um, in some, in some instances. And and this is kind of proof of that. I mean, you still have to have a good one to win in this league. They touch the ball every play. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's, I don't think we're in an era where a quarterback can elevate your team to another level. So high above, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. don't think they can yeah. take you from a mediocre team to a great team. Like in the past, we've seen, you know, some teams that you just know without that quarterback, they're, they're garbage. Yeah. and uh and I don't I don't see that as much
0: anymore and, and what Scott just said kind of bears that out it's interesting though seeing that 7 seed flip flop because you know you had the possibility going into that week it could be Seattle Detroit or, or- Packers and people are going in the game. like, oh, the Packers are the team to watch out for, and probably if you were to say who the second most dangerous team would be, would be the, the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. and you know who ended up making it is Seattle, and so everyone expects Seattle to just get steamrolled that first round, they, and they might. I I actually think they probably will. Um, so so it went from everyone saying, oh, Green Bay's on a resurgence, which I think a lot of that is just more, um, remembering. Rogers fondly than it is actually that Green Bay was going to be a tough out because Green Bay didn't look that great in the game that they had to win against Detroit. Nah.
2: No, no. I you mentioned it before, Mike, about a, a team playing tight. Um, I watched a, I watched the entire Packer Lion game Sunday night. You know, I just it, it was the last game of the regular season, and I sat there and I was just hoping that the Dick would we'd be sent home and and it couldn't have been a better ending to the the, the weekend. Uh, getting you know, setting up for a, a wild card game for us, I was sitting there just chilling out watching that game and, and just pulling for Detroit. Um, really not it, just really rooting against uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers as we, you know, we've we've documented our feelings for him, you know, for a couple of years now on this show, certainly with good <laughs> reasons, I think, you know. And the guy proved it again on Sunday night, where I remember saying, um, trying to I don't remember exactly the score, guys, I meant, but it was the last. Um, turnover that he had. You know, the Green Bay had a chance to come down and 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 win the game, and you know, on, on their home field, playoff uh, berth on the line. And I'm like, all right, Rodgers, then fucking take your team down the field and, and win the game. You know, like I I just had visions of like Eli Manning would have done that. And I hate to do like the apples to apples with it, but that's why I'm thinking other quarterbacks that have been forced in that position to like they they, they do it. You know, and this guy he, he's he throws the ball up like just. He's just fucking throwing lollipops up there and just hoping <laughs> that done. Jordy Nelson and, and Devontae... I still heard Devontae Adams' name on Monday at 17 games, 18-week season. I'm still hearing about the absence of Devontae Adams uh, from it, it, from the jack-offs in, in the, the studio. This is unreal with this guy. Yeah,
1: yeah no, you know? they'll, make, they'll make any excuse for Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, we've talked about before, a lot of that is because... They put their eggs in his basket and yeah. now they don't want to be embarrassed, but he's exactly. done. He's cooked.
0: Yeah. He's cooked. Yeah. A couple Even of those passes the- he floated at the end there. And it. And you know, it's funny. His last pass, much like Favre's last pass was an interception. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's yeah. You can, you can see that he's cooked. Even through that winning streak, they had to get back in contention. That That wasn't really on him. The defense is playing well. He was doing, you know, he was not throwing enough interceptions to lose. It's he's cooked. He really is. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what, what team he goes to, um, and, you know, he, he might get on a great team that's going to the playoffs with or without him, uh, you know, good for him, but he's as a superstar in this league, he's done.
2: And, and another little footnote to this guys. And, and I know this is looking way ahead, but another thing I like about the, you know, the, obviously the, um, you know, the minute this, the regular season ends, we know our we know our final 3 opponents for for the next year and so we now we know who we're playing uh you know for 2023 and i'd much rather you know the the green name the green bay name seems a little more scarier than detroit in, in you know like in current and in, in recent years past so because the giants were locked in third place there were a couple things that i wanted to happen one was i wanted them to play the panthers so the panthers saints and falcons uh, all ended up at 7-10 in third place and somehow, because the the Giants visit the NFC South, same place finisher, so that we we knew they were going to be at one of those cities. So I'm like, all right, they're not coming here to Charlotte. You know, maybe we'll take a road trip down to Atlanta. You know, the three-year giant fans yeah, have done doesn't... that before, certainly. No, couldn't even get Atlanta. It had to be New Orleans. So I was pissed off about that. But one thing I was happy about, a couple of things. Obviously, the dick going home. But then also, I'd rather be playing Green Bay next year. They're going to be a mess compared to Detroit. Detroit's a team on the rise. Yeah, no so question. they end up, yeah. So Detroit now ended up in second. The Green Bay gets third. So we we got Green Bay at, this, at the stadium next year. Obviously getting way ahead here. But I like to already think about those things, who we're playing next year, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think over the whole AFC and NFC, the one team that didn't make the playoffs that had a potential to, to bang some people up in there is Detroit. I, I would have wanted no part of Detroit in these playoffs,
0: Mm-mm. and and we may be getting you know again way ahead of ourselves, like Chris said, but we may be getting a Rams team that's on a rebuild too, especially if if uh, Sean McVay leaves that team too. Yeah, because yeah. I believe that they're the third place team in the West.
1: But the one surprising thing we got, which came from out of left field to me, was we are at Vegas. I don't know <laughs> if we could pass that up. I mean, I know, go, in, well, go into the the Darth Vader dome and. Watch the Giants and then go gamble a little bit. You, My you
2: want? Do you think License Plate Guy will be there? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I bet on it. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd be the guy. He's he's the guy flying the plane, handling our luggage, checking us at yeah. the hotel. He'd be uh, he's going to be everywhere.
0: <laughs> I'd put seven to five odds on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's going to be better than that. So uh, for the for the Minnesota game, what do you guys think we need to do? To come away with a win.
1: I, I think Chris did a good job just talking about it earlier. and I I, so I agree with him that sometimes you play a team in the regular season, they nip you, and you're like, damn, I wish we had another shot because we could have done these three or four things. And if we could have cleaned those up, we we could have done some damage against that team. So I, I don't think you want to turn the ball over. Against a, a team well you don't want to turn the ball over against anybody that's very cliche but but um mm-hmm. but especially against a team with a defense like Minnesota's first of all you have no business giving them turnovers we we should not let that happen and then how damaging a turnover could actually be you know this defense has done a good job all year when we have turned the ball over which hasn't been very often other teams are punting and getting field goals out of it um you know so th- yeah. if if we happen to turn the ball over that we, we just have to take care of the ball extra careful on our side of the field. Um, now, I, you know, I, we'll get into the predictions and everything. And and I agree with you guys. We have a chance to win this game. I don't think we will. Um, but, you know, we can get into that when, we, when we're doing predictions and stuff. But they just have to play the same game they played last time and clean it up and don't fall so far behind early. I, I yeah. think that was the thing that hurt them most against Minnesota the first time was going down two scores early. And then you know having to fight their way back in where if they could have kept that close they might win that thing going away because the last quarter and a half they were the better team on the field by a good margin yeah um and and maybe you carry that uh carry that forward in, into this game hopefully knockwood
2: i you know what i'm going to use uh an adjective that uh, Coach Smart from the Georgia Bulldog, Bulldogs use uh, to start Monday night's uh, disaster against TCU. Aggressive. I think the Giants need to be aggressive, guys. I think, Nothing to lose. Yeah, nothing to lose. I think I don't want to, you know, defensively, I, I was thinking first defensive side of the ball. And we know about the, the the Minnesota firepower, right? Justin Jefferson probably, the you know, could be arguably the best receiver in the league. I, I want to see. I think we need to double team his ass as much as possible. And I know that leaves guys like Thielen and Hawkinson, who who burned us. You know, Hawkinson had over 100 yards. You know, the first time we we met them, but you can't take away everybody. So I think if we could shut down Jefferson, because you know you know Cousins, their game plan is you know he's going to want to get the ball and he's going to want to be a, a a key playmaker in that game. I think if we could frustrate his ass early on, shut him down as much as possible. I'm serious. I'll I will double. I'll take a chance on double teaming Jefferson and do and let other guys beat you. So defensively and wink, you—he's not going to—he's—he's going to keep it the 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 defense, um, you know, the needle on the pressure, uh, the knob there. So we've got to get after Kirk Cousins, force him. Shit, we had him turning the ball over last time uh, we played these guys, and the 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 flop interception was overturned. Um, It was—I think it was another one that uh, we we can definitely. Another one was. Yeah, exactly. Another one was called back by penalties. We turned his ass over twice and neither one of them counted in the stat sheet. So I think if we could just harass the hell out of Kirk cousins, um, we, we, we have to, we have to do that defensively and then offensively guys, you know, it's funny. Something tells me that I don't want to just stick the ball into Barkley's chest 30 times in this game. I, I want, cause I, I think Minnesota will be geared to stop that. And, and, um, you know, and, and be focused on stopping Barkley, stopping Barkley. So maybe we use Jones legs a little bit more, get him with the RPOs running a little bit more. Maybe we use, we stick a Breida and Brightwell in there every now and then Mike, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks yeah. now where yeah. um, those guys have looked good. They're fresh. You know, yep. <laughs> Those guys um, I like, so I'd like mixing it up a little bit in the, in, in the offensive backfield, you know, maybe using those guys a little bit. And then hopefully I know our receiving core again, it's, um, it is what it is at this point in the season. I hate that expression, but that's kind. Of, but you know, maybe we, um, you know, maybe we, we we upend Minnesota a little bit by not just running the ball and being conservative and coming out with an aggressive game plan offensively and take our chances, guys, and see. Yeah. You know, I, I think I have the Giants winning this game. I do. I I I, I just have a a good feeling about it, and i sh- It just goes back a few weeks uh, thinking that we were going to see this team again. For some reason, we 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 have them on our plate, and I have a good feeling about it.
0: You know, maybe in the playbook this week, a end zone fade to Kenny Galladay, the re-ins- <laughs> the resurgence of Kenny Galladay, who only came like 72 catches short of making his bonus.
2: Yeah, I you know,
1: only have had, that was, <laughs> he that was close. They should have fed him the ball a few more times uh, to get him there. Chris, I, I love your comment about Rita and Brightwell in there, because what you tend to see when that happens is when, when Barkley's in the game. I'm a, I'm gonna, I have no idea. This is a number pulled out of my ass, but 90% of the time, we're looking at seven, eight man boxes when, yeah. uh, when Barkley's in the game. You, you get Breida in there or Brightwell and you give him a drive that, that becomes five and six man boxes. Yeah. And, and that's how come these guys rip on the regular rip off eight yard runs where Barkley seems to be meeting, you know, someone in the hole on every, on every play and only his immense talent allows him to, you know, break some tackles and, and get some yards. So, uh, you know, I think you could steal a few drives in this game for for Brightwell and and Brita. And I'll bet yeah. we move the ball pretty well on those drives. Yeah. And no one says on those drives too. If you end up in a third and eight, well, hell, but then check Barkley back in. Uh, you know, you know, it's not like you have to. Oh, we've we've uh, dedicated ourselves to Brightwell on this drive. You know, if it doesn't yeah. work and you end up in third and eight, put Barkley in there and, and throw it to him. Uh, you know, I, I like that strategy uh, a lot.
0: I think uh, Daniel Bellinger is going to have a decent game too. You know, we did use him in the last Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. He had a, he had a crucial fumble in that, but um he, he, he was open in that. And, and I think Chris touched upon earlier when he said, Minnesota has a horrendous defense. We saw that last game. They weren't getting a lot of pressure on Jones. Mm-hmm. Jones had a lot of time to find open receivers. If that formula continues, um, I see us having a chance to win. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I I'll let you guys talk first about your your predictions and and then I'll go. And so I think you you both have basically outlined where you're going from a general <laughs> standpoint. So uh, so, Mike, you might as well give the specifics and get the bad news out first.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I get we got good news, bad news. You always want to hear the bad first. I think Minnesota wins this game. Um, I. I. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, like I said, can we beat them? Absolutely, we can beat them. And in the fourth quarter, if it's close, I'll I'll change my pick. But um, I I do think the game's going to be close. Minnesota's won a lot of close games this year. I I get the feeling like listening to the Giants, and i I know I'm wrong about this, but even Dable, some things he said this week, this team seems happy to be in the playoffs, and that's not I don't think a healthy. Attitude if you're if you're making a run at the Super Bowl, if you're if you're trying to win a couple games. Um, you know, th- they just seem like thrilled, like mission accomplished to be here to me. Um, and I hope I'm wrong about that. And I, I think I probably am, but but I think at the end of the day, we we play very well. I, I don't think we embarrass ourselves out there. This isn't gonna be um like Eli Manning's first playoff experience at home against the Panthers. Oh, that was a, you know, nightmare. I don't, I don't, I'm not going all the way there. That's not going to be what this is like, but, but at the end of the day, I, I think probably Minnesota maybe gets a field goal late and we see something like, uh, uh, 26, 23, uh, yeah, 26, 23. I'll go with that.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, well, I've kind of already, uh, given my, uh, my prediction in terms of the outcome. So now i got to, you know, kind of give the breakdown of the scores, but, it's interesting, right guys? Cause I, I thought about this a number of ways where, um, I can see one of two things happening. I can see, uh, I, and I see it a close game too. I, I see it very similar to the, to the, the first time we met with these guys. Um, I'm actually just doing a, a, a score flip in terms uh, it was, it was 27, 24, uh, Minnesota, you know, that, that game I, I'm giving the giants 27, 24 win in, in this one. Um, I don't know exactly how the, how the game's going to go, you know, I think, but, uh, uh, I just, I have this crazy feeling. It, I can see if I was, I want, I was going to predict Minnesota, you know, in a close game. Cause I can see this too, guys. I can see Minnesota being the frauds that they are right. And everyone knows they're a fraud. I can see them winning their token home game against the giants. Right. It's like you said, Mike, the team is just happy to be there. That no one expects yeah. the giants to win. The yeah. giants are a one and done type of team. You know, it's mission accomplished, right? Th- th- their season's already a success, right? We we've, yep. we've established and accomplished so many things just to this, just to get to this point. And I agree with all of that. So I can see – it's weird. I'm contradicting myself all in, like, in, in one <laughs> sentence here. But, I mean, I'm still going to predict the Giants winning 27-24. But at the same time, I could easily see uh, this Minnesota Viking team, you know, not playing their best ball, uh, getting by the Giants in a squeaker, you know, like a close game, and then just getting their fucking – doors blown off to whoever they play in week two on the road yeah. type of thing. Yeah. yeah I can see that happening with this team. That's exactly how I see this Minnesota Viking team. Cause they've been doing that all year. Yeah. You know, when, and the, when they had that, um, you know, playoff miracle against new Orleans, right. When they scored on the last play of the game and everyone thought like, Oh my God, they're a team at destiny. They're going to go to the super bowl in this net. They got the, sh- they got shellacked the next week. <laughs> um, that's Minnesota. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of, it's the same team that they tried out there every year. You know, it seems like so. I'm going to stick, though, to my uh, my prediction of just – just because I just want to have – I just want to – I don't know. I, I Obviously, I want to have the Giants uh, move on to the next round and give us at least one more game. So I'm going to stick with that, that they somehow go into Minnesota and win this game uh, as I predict. And the only reason I'm really saying that, guys, is because I predicted it the week before <laughs> Weeks we ago, even yeah. played. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm – really my reason of sticking with the Giants in terms of winning it. But, uh, um, you know, I, I see uh, – but I can see Minnesota just – squeaking by too, and, and, and just getting just the hell beat out of them in the following week.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great call on that on Minnesota. If they, if they beat us going out the next week and just getting trucked, yeah. I mean, you can see that
2: absolutely against common. whoever they play. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, my, my prediction really comes down to, I think the, it will be decided in coin flip fashion and we lose the coin flip. That's, mm. you know, that's my, because Minnesota's yeah. won coin flips all year.
0: <laughs> and I think this may be their time to lose a coin flip, in maybe, my point of view. Maybe, but, yeah. You know, I, 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 I look back at at some of the iconic games against the Vikings in the playoffs. So, you know, you had the forty one to nothing win that that Chris and I attended, and then you had that infamous game with Chris Calloway bobbling the uh, onside kick, and you know uh-huh. the Vikings coming back in a game that they shouldn't have won. Did
2: they um, try to win?
0: Did <laughs> try to win?
2: Jenny try Green was to punting to the ball away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I still remember, like, cheering when Denny Green pointed the ball away, going, "What are you doing, you idiot!" And and of course, it, it worked out for him. Of course. Um, it did. But I look at this game. I, I I took some of the comments I heard this week a little bit more different than Mike did, and that I think that there's some confidence there with the team, and I almost feel like they know that there's something up their sleeve that they aren't telling us, and they're like, "I think we're gonna, I think we figured these guys out." Um, that being said, I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. And I think the giants are going to win and I don't have an original thought that goes for me. And when it comes to a score lately, I think that Graham Gano lines up for a 60 yard field goal, bangs it through the uprights and the giants oh. with 27 to 24
1: going on <laughs> oh. flipping the entire game circumstance. I love it. So, Why not? You know what I love about your comment there? Uh, Scott, about the Giants, think they have something up the sleeve, and and I think that I think you're right, I think they do think that, and and they may, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the last game and how it played out. How like we had uncharacteristic turnovers, Minnesota had characteristic turnovers that got called back. You know, it, it's almost like the Giants feel like if we play that same game, we're going to beat them by ten. Uh, but it but it made me think when he said they know something we don't do you remember that 41 nothing game do you remember jesse armstead after that game go to the podium and he had an envelope taped up under the podium and he pulled it out and opened it and it said giants 40 to 7 on it and he said i gave them a little too much credit oh so i he, forgot he, that he taped the score up underneath the podium before the game that's
0: awesome awesome it's like a america's got talent trick yeah yeah <laughs>
1: when, when they got their forty-first point, he's probably going, "Don't kick the extra point."
0: If Howie Mandel's going, <laughs>
1: yeah, how would he do that? <laughs> so that was clearly a game. I think where they they wrote up the game plan, and Fossil and the rest of the coaches said to these guys, "We are whooping their ass, and it's all on tape, and there's nothing yeah. they're going to be able to do about it." And you know, and it played out that way. And man. Uh, what a what a blessing that would be if this game turns out anything like that one. That would be awesome.
0: Now, now I uh you know, I think I think we all predicted close shaves. And um, you know, when it comes to close shaves, you can always go to manscaped.com and get 20% off using the code angry man. Um, you get 20% off your order and free shipping. So uh go to manscaped.com. Three Angry Giant fan sponsor. Use the uh the promo code AngryMan and get twenty percent off your products.
1: That's uh, a Minnesota week. It's always a good week to, uh, to go with manscaped uh, sponsorship <laughs> because they, uh, they live and die by close shaves. And, and hopefully we're giving them a close shave that, but to me, Kirk cousins, he looks like a guy who doesn't use manscape products. Like he looks like a loser right. to me.
0: guys. I'd have to actually look to see if this was true because I knew it was going into last week's game because they got blown out by, by green Bay the week before. Um, but then they they turned the tables on on Chicago last week. Ooh. I still think Minnesota had a negative point differential going into the into the playoffs, even though they are a 13 win team.
1: That that seems um, like really difficult to do. Like I could I don't even think I could go through a schedule and write down scores to a game that would that would make a team 13 and what 13 and four these days.
0: They were 13 um, and four. four. Yeah.
2: Yeah, here hang on. Let me look at yeah, I'm there. looking at it here. Yeah, minus three.
0: They yeah, were, minus they were, three. So they stayed yeah. they stayed negative.
2: So basically, yeah. uh right. Minus so three. They, oh. they gave oh. up
0: four hundred points. seven points. <laughs> I think the four losses were had to have been pretty bad. They, well, they also lost. won like eleven games by less than less than like five points. Yeah, they lost to Dallas by thirty seven.
2: Right. That's got to be an NFL record, right? I mean, to be nine games over 500 to finish the and, and to be uh, three points uh, negative, you know, point differential, yeah. right? I mean, the NFL it's keeps a, the records on everything. They, that's got to be a record.
1: This is a, a good point. I, it might make me look into changing my pick. But, you know, after they squeak by us with some favorable stuff, there are other games around that. Were a three point overtime win against the Colts, and a blowout at Green Bay. They got yeah, blown mm-hmm. out at Green Bay. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, yeah. You
2: know, I'm looking at just to, to like defensive statistics, and I know offensively they're they're pretty strong, but I'm not paying attention to that right now. I'm just looking at I'm looking at the uh, what they're bad at. In Minnesota. I mean, total yards per game. They're second uh, second worst in the league in in yards per game. Tied for third worst in points given up per game. And then, you know, they, when you break it down, passing and, and rushing, uh, you know, they're they're equally as, as bad. That's what uh, uh, I say. So
1: this is a shaky yeah. 13 win team. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very.
2: shaky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if the I, just the idea I would love to see. I don't care. If, I mean, if, if the Giants can get up seven, nothing and immediately put that, uh, you know, pressure and the team gets tight immediately, and the Giants are playing loose. And uh, you know, you get you get the nervous crowd going. Hopefully, uh, that's that's what we need. We need to, we need to score first in this game.
0: I, I saw a quote from someone this week, and I can't remember which Giant w- it was. I almost think it was uh, I, I almost think it was Andrew Thomas, who, who's not a guy who talks a lot of trash. So it might not have been him. But he said he didn't think Minnesota was as loud as he thought it would be mm. when they played there. So I hope that doesn't fire them up. Um, but, but you know what I, I could hear, you know, when the crowd's going wild, like, <laughs> I have to laugh because Jacksonville sounded like it was pretty fired up this week. And of course the announcers kept going to Duval, this Duval. Week. so they're still all talking about Duval County, which I think is ridiculous as hell. Uh, but I, I, uh, you know, outside of the, the canned response every time they get a first down or the brr, brr, and the skull thing that they do. I couldn't remember that game being that loud, at least the way no. it sounded on TV.
1: They always start a game. I think about this, like when I've seen them on Monday night with that, with the beginning of the game with blowing the horn and the Vikings out there on a, on a, on a Harley, right? And the whole crowd <laughs> is doing the, Oh, uh, you're like, Oh my God, this place is going to be insane. And then the game starts and it's dead silent. In it.
2: Dead silent. <laughs> Any any word on whether they're doing a white out again or anything like that? Like what
0: I don't think what, they are for a playoff
2: game. Are I they, didn't uh, see yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. I love the Giants in the road whites to be honest. I don't know why it just I have we've had a lot of success in the yeah, playoffs wearing our white. And, and so red, when you do right? a white so, out,
0: you can't really do a white out if the if the you know, visiting team has white on you're sort of cheering for them, aren't you?
2: Well, they would wear no, white. well they well they wore white.
0: Yeah, when but I played they the yeah. this
2: time right that's what i'm saying if they're if they're wearing their home color which they they normally do right the vikings usually wear their purple so that's why that one particular game was interesting like oh they did you know i was expecting the giants to be in their road whites and they came they came out with the blue um anyway just a little miscellaneous things that i feel work in our favor i want to see the giants in in the white actually actually i just i don't i like that look i don't know why i i happen to like the road uniforms better than even the blue i don't know why because we two. have
0: two uh, super bowl memories of that <laughs> probably <Yeah. laughs>
2: and a lot of road playoff wins in that in that era right
0: <laughs> yeah which, a
2: lot of Wearing we white a lot
0: which we'll have a question about that coming up we have several questions um oh, good so I, I don't know if you guys remember my friend, Keith, my neighbor. Uh, he watched the the Dolphins game with us last year at, at Mulligan's. Um, he makes a, mm-hmm. oh makes jerky. A jerky. Jerky. A jerky. So he, yeah. he makes yeah, Buddy's yeah. jerky. So guys, uh, Google Buddy's jerky. I think you can go to Buddy's jerky.com or something like that and, and get jerky. I, I am a jerky connoisseur. This guy makes great jerky. I just it is good. The teriyaki. The pack of teriyaki was awesome. But he asked me to look into a stat on a rookie punter. So, there is a guy who broke an 80-year-old NFL record this year. Do you know who that was? A punter? A punter.
2: Broke an 80-year-old record.
0: An 80-year-old record.
1: Oh, the the net, right? Average, the net.
0: The net average, average. yes. So, so you you don't hear anything about this. So, this guy, Ryan Stonehouse from the Titans, he broke Sammy Baugh's record. Yeah, from way back when and not only broke it obliterated it in the grand scheme of things so this is a single season average set by a punter for just gross average Mm -hmm. 53.1 yards Sammy Baugh averaged 51.4 and that was the best up to that time so this is a record stood for eight years this is like a a, this is almost like the Joe DiMaggio record or something yeah Yeah. (laughs) I didn't hear jack shit about this and uh yeah, it's huge. I, I remember
1: thinking that and seeing it. And, and speaking of jerky and uh, and punters, our punter sucks. I, I'm tired of the Scottish hammer.
2: <laughs> the Scottish so, hammer.
0: So, so what I loved about this, I'm standing in my front yard. Keith comes over, gives me a bag of teriyaki jerky, which is fantastic. Two Dave Jennings football cards. Yeah. It gives me the tidbit about uh Ryan Stonehouse. This is this was great. So uh guys right. go out there, Google, Google Buddy's jerky. It's great jerky, it's it's reasonably priced. Um and and it's it's fantastic. He's got a couple flavors. I've had the hot, I've had the uh, the teriyaki. Yeah,
1: it's good. He he good brought stuff. some of that to Mulligan's and it was uh I ate my weight of it that
0: day. <laughs> You know, you know it's like jerky. Always, it's like thirty dollars an ounce. Basically, you get yeah, a little yeah. patch, you eat it, and you're like, "I want more." And it's like, uh, I don't, I don't have enough credit to be able to do that."
2: <laughs> thirty dollars an ounce.
0: So, it's like so. Here's <laughs> another thing I found funny after I did more digging onto this Ryan Stonehouse. So, Tommy Townsend is the punter for Kansas City. Tommy Townsend was. This year's the first year the NFL Players Association did a vote for an all pro team. Tommy Townsend is the all pro punter named by the by by the players, even though this guy for the Titans broke eight, an eighty year old record yeah, so. that's
1: kind of that's kind of insane <laughs>
2: <laughs> would, there's probably incentives in, in these guys' contracts or who knows? maybe not I don't know if, you know punters no one thinks it a like punters are secret weapons, man. No one thinks about it. They Beagles, are. So- the coffin oh. corner. We used to, yeah, right? He was we the still coffin corner one king. In the,
0: in the in the Hall of Fame, though. Ray Guy, the late Ray Guy. That's it. That's crazy to me. Well,
2: yeah. Back in the, you know, when the Giants weren't even in the NFL back in the 70s, that decrepit era of football and tech. De- Dave Jennings, you mentioned his name just a moment ago. He was our best player. He
0: was our offense. Yeah. 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 He was the Graham Gano of the 70s. Wow. Jennings so who- was our
2: best weapon on offense.
1: Who did the Titans play? It was Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Right? So yeah. I, I watched that game and I heard the stat from, for this guy from, from Tennessee, but I will say this. I don't know if you guys watched the whole game or anything. Both punters in that game were amazing. <laughs> I <laughs> did see the game. Both, I, I think the, the Tennessee punter, the guy who set the record his, his first punt, like bounced at the 10 directly toward the sideline, hit on the sideline, and then went down the sideline some more, went out of bounds at like the two and a half. And then and then the Jacksonville, the next time Jacksonville, you know, they move the ball a little bit off the goal line. Then their guy punts and he has a ball land at the one and go straight up in the air. And, you know, they they down it at the one. I'm like, this is a punter battle. This is awesome. (laughs) But I, I was thinking about, Chris, we've talked about this before, like how the Giants can't have anything. Like mm-hmm. if the Giants run a trick play and score a touchdown, the other team within the next two series will run a trick play and score a touchdown. Absolutely. I was I was thinking about that with the punter battle. I mean, that's something that would happen to us. Yeah. We'd have an awesome punt and then they'd come back and have a better punt.
2: On oh, the, yeah. On the next Absolutely. Term. It's got to be it's got to be one upped. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, we didn't mention um, the the fake field goal that we attempted. Right. So we, <laughs> we definitely were. Punt.
0: Did we do a fake punt, too, from our own 30? Yeah. Was
2: that? Uh, Wait, last week?
0: Did I even? I don't know. I might have missed that. Well, that was looked for the fake punt and a fake field goal. We definitely did the
2: fake field goal, which didn't even look like a fake field goal because it was just awful.
0: It wasn't a fake fun maybe maybe it was going for it from our own end, but I but I think that's not be true because I was gonna talk about Matt LaFleur and his idiocy of going for it on his own thirty, yes. which gave the Lions a, a, a heads up and in a game like that. Why would you go for it uh, on your own thirty? But I I deep. thought I thought we ran a fake punt. We snapped it to the up man. He ran around to the side. No. no I thought we did a trick play. Well, we definitely, also...
1: it was definitely a fake field goal because the yeah. Scottish hammer was yeah. <laughs> holding yeah. and yeah. he, th- that's what, I think that's what raised my
0: ire about him so much. I'm like, guy
1: can't punt, can't hold, can't run a fake, get no. him out of here.
0: All right. I, I got to correct myself. It was not a fake punt. It was the onside kick.
1: The surprise onside.
2: Oh.
0: The onside kick to start the second Which that half.
1: surprised nobody.
2: Oh, right. Right. <laughs> forgot about that. That's I how, know.
1: I that's how much know. of a great
2: goose game it was. Like I, I forgot. you yeah. forget plays.
1: Yeah, I I just want to know how you have a game full of scrubs that don't have any tape on them whatsoever, and you run plays like this, and the Eagles are a thousand percent ready for it.
2: <laughs> All over it.
1: We we haven't run a fake field goal this season, I don't think. No. And and we have scrubs in there, and it, the Eagles can't be thinking they're faking it. It was a it was a terrible place and time to fake it, and but they're just like like they Blanketed. knew it was coming. Draped. You know what? You know yeah. what's yeah. great about kick, doing that though? like kick. Like. Gano comes running up to the ball. No Eagle even turned. They were just no. standing there staring at the ball.
0: The best thing about that is you don't have the Eagles pinning their head back to uh to go after the kicker. so yeah. you save Graham Gano, and now you make the Eagles have to think about fake field goals in the future.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now they've got it on tape. Although you guys find got the Eagles the, find the, the Scottish Eagles, Hammer. I think go ahead and run that again.
2: Yeah. There's no By the way, I like those kind of like you know, I love going to breweries, right, guys? And craft beer is one of my hobbies, certainly. And, like, so whoever comes up with these names for the beers, there you go, Scott. There, um, which is, is great. Tier. Well, I just love the names of, you know, some of the beers. And, and someone's coming sitting around a round table, right, in, in, a, in a meeting and coming up with these names. So I was thinking, so earlier I wrote this down and I didn't sneak it in, but we were, like, Glennon's Neck would be a great name <laughs> oh, for the that craft is. beer. <laughs> Glennon's Neck Pale Ale. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's got about, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, a, it's maybe like a, you know, mid range kind of thing. Just like, yeah. you know, he's, he's mediocre because his mediocrity in terms of his NFL career, it'd yeah, be like a percent
0: alcohol. Yeah, It's
2: maybe a yeah. five, two, it's an easy drink and pale ale. Give me a couple, I'll start with Glennon's <laughs> yeah. neck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I get Two two Glennon's necks and a Scottish Hammer. Please. And a Scottish, Scottish Hammer. Scottish <laughs> <Hammers laughs> like
0: red ale, seven, yeah, seven percent alcohol. Either,
2: that's a yeah. Scottish Hammer's either a red ale, like a Killians, or like maybe I was thinking it'd be a, uh, a stout or a porter. You know, one of those. Yeah. S- yeah, something like to that. Be something
1: substantial. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: take a Dable's beard, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys have any pet peeves this week? I'll I'll start with uh, Mike again.
1: Yeah, I I'm never gonna be caught without a pet peeve again. I'll tell you.
0: That this Uh-oh, one because a this,
1: this one I think is a good one. There's 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 a couple that I could have used this week, and maybe I'll I'll tack them on. But but this one I've been holding a little bit, and I'm glad I held it because another example popped up this week. So my pet peeve is now that these players, quarterbacks who get benched, and just fucking quit their team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the? Can you imagine? Like like Eli doing that, like now right. we're, we're going to go, uh, you know, we're going to go uh, uh, Gino Smith this week. I'm out of <laughs> here. You know, gone. I, I just I can't believe this. The level of non-commitment. I mean, listen, I agree with Derek Carr. I'm going to go to Derek Carr first. I agree with him. it Nothing that is happening with the Raiders is Derek Carr's fault. So his getting benched is I equate it to Eli getting benched. I mean, it's not the big streak and it's not the multiple, you know, Super Bowl MVP or anything like that. But it was just doing something to do something. Yeah. You know, Derek Carr is not the problem there. Uh, but then to just uh, I'm uh, taking a leave of absence to <laughs> to get my mind around that. No, you go and you hold your clipboard. Nope. And then that scrub comes in and gets hurt, and you're right back in there. It always happens. Um. Yeah. And it, so there's Mariota, right? Mariota did the same thing. Just like now, who's who's Marcus Mariota to leave a team, <laughs> right? He's been holding a clipboard for like six years.
2: Like, like he's earned that level of credibility. Where, like, yeah. how fucking dare you bench me? I'm yeah. Marcus Mariota.
1: I mean, the, the <laughs> NFL's getting more like the NBA with the with the uh, with the uh, inmates running the asylum. I I saw. Uh, speaking of that, I saw this week that that uh kyler murray has been given say on the next coaching hire (laughs) kyler murray what dude is the guy gonna let him
0: play call of duty
1: are you really (laughs) that yeah right this guy's no football brain if it's not you know if he can't call the play on madden he doesn't know what the hell and and oh yes we're giving kyler a say in this coaching hire what what is going on with these guys just running the asylum. Guys like like Carr, I said. I kind of get Carr. That was bullshit, but you still don't quit. But Mariota, Kyler Murray, what are these guys,
0: guys doing? I'll, I'll give you a couple good examples. Joe Flacco this week started a, a, a game at, at, that had meaning for for Miami. Yeah. And, and yeah. uh he he was in there. He just sits on the sidelines, holds his clipboard. Oh, this guy's hurt, this guy's uh hurt, this guy's I'll I'll come in. Yeah. Matt Ryan, Ryan got benched midway through the season. He didn't leave. He uh, was those, still standing there. See, this, I think it's a yeah.
1: it's a veteran. It's a it's a generational thing. Um, yeah. you know, that 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 group that you just mentioned, Scotts, like a a couple step up the maturity ladder than these, <laughs> these younger guys. But I mean, this is just, if this is the way the NFL is going to go, where you have to worry about benching a quarterback or they're going to, th- th- it's like the NFL transfer portal. Like, now I just, I, I quit this team. I, I, it's just beyond me now. And here's the one. So it's players and coaches. Here's the one that's really gotten under my skin this week. Sean McVay. I, I think he's 40. It might be 39 yeah. young dude. Wants to step away from the Rams. Yeah. Now this is so transparent that I can't even believe that he's not getting destroyed in the media. the The media seems understanding of this. They that team sold their soul for a Super Bowl. They have no draft picks. They have no money. It's, you know they're paying staff. Stafford's like got a five year contract. Of course, McVeigh wants that. He doesn't want anything to do with this rebuild. He's wanted. <laughs> he wants. He's won his Super Bowl there now, and he's got clout. He wants to go to another team and win another Super Bowl immediately. Th- th- there is no guts, and and guys like this to me. This this is a gutless move. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to prove it again. You know that it's just. I, I mean, that is just not the way it's supposed to work. That's that's not acting like a
0: man at the top of your profession. You're you're being a baby. And that's that actually can turn serious because I've heard a couple of rumors where people are like, not rumors, but I should say speculation where people are like, well, you know what? We have to make sure that coaches as well as players have good mental health. I don't think this is a mental health thing. Like Mike yeah. says, I think this is a situation yeah. where McVay looks at the team and goes, I'm fucked for the next five years. Yeah. I got to get out of here. Yeah. 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 He he sold his soul
1: along with the with the management to win a super bowl and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that super bowl is the the pinnacle it's the ultimate goal but you you can't be you know the owners the other players you brought in and gave all this money to they're still stuck with the ship ball that you created and you get to to you know bounce off and maybe go to do tv for a year and, and hand pick your job of a team that's on the rise you know that that is this is uh, the, the NFL is becoming the NBA in that in that sense so much where the, the pieces on the, the chessboard are making the calls and and dictating where they want to play and stuff. It, it's it's not going to end well.
0: A good question there would be, what's Aaron Donald going to do? He's getting up there in age. Does he want to hang around for a rebuild?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, who knows? I, I think it you know, they always say that decisions like this reveal character. Right. So. I I learned a lot about Sean McVay, Derek Carr, and Marcus Mariota's character over yeah. the over the end of this year because, you know, especially Carr to walk away from the Raiders. And again, I I think he got jobbed, but he is the Raiders. He doesn't want to embrace he's that.
2: The, he's the franchise quarterback. There he's, he's the, he not.
1: He's the he face is. of the face of the franchise. They had an off year. Yep. They had an off year. I,
0: They've I had mean, a lot of off years.
1: Yeah, w- weren't they were they was pretty she, good last year? Like we well, in, you know, in the
0: playoffs and, and last year. people forget this. And I was year. actually going to bring this up earlier. They were the early game on Saturday last year against the Bengals, in, yeah. in Wild Card Weekend, and they it, if it weren't for a pretty bad officiating call, the Raiders win that game. Yep. Yeah. And if the Raiders win that game, Joe Burrow doesn't make to the Super Bowl. We don't hear Joe cool and we don't get the whole Mm -hmm. mystique of the Bengals. There's a lot of things that change just on that one of what you thought was basically a a minor game at the time. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's mine, guys. I I think we have it's not rampant yet, but it's, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think we have a character issue on the horizon with the NFL.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're hitting the nail right on the head, Mike, with that, and it just goes along with sort of the we're we're a couple of old school guys, the three of us, I think, and and you know one one of I had a couple of random you know pet peeves this week, you know now that the season ended and we're getting into the into the you know postseason and and how the the game is is going to be talked about now for the next couple of weeks, and um, I'm just going to highlight a couple of things. I don't even know if they're pet peeves, guys. Again, I, I'm I'm kind of doing pet peeves slash. Observations. I know it's a pet peeve <laughs> segment, but so these are things that irk me, but I, I don't, I'm just going to go ahead and give you a couple. So one of the, the first ones, just kind of stupid, silly bullshit that, I, that you see, and it just annoys the hell out of me, but we're obviously in January. Uh, we're in the Northern hemisphere. It's fucking cold, right? So these, these games, there's, it's this time of year, outdoor stadiums, it's cold. Green Bay, Wisconsin, notoriously a cold stadium. So why, when I'm watching the game on Sunday night with Detroit against Green Bay, at some point in the game, and I've probably mentioned this before on this show of ours, there's the fucking guy with the the, the heavyset guy with the fuck with the with the no with no shirt on, <laughs> belly hanging out over his pants, hairy chest, half in the bag. It's late in the game, and then they. If they can't show a guy running on the field because we're so obsessed with that showing up on Twitter and social media and every other freaking platform that you want to list, why does someone on the ESPN broadcast or NBC, in this case, whatever, feel the need to still show a shirtless jackoff in, in when it's 24 degrees <laughs> out? When it's 24 degrees out, why are we still doing this? Yeah. Stop showing the guy. So then the announcer has to bring him up, you know, like Collinsworth has to make a comment to Rico. Oh, I hope that guy's, uh, you know, got some long underwear on, uh, blow his way. He's got to make some kind of off the cuff comment. And we as list- uh, you know, viewers sitting on our living room couch have to fucking laugh at this comment or do something. What? We- Stop showing these people once and for all. Anyone know who's this. associated with any of the networks that are listening to three angry giant fans and listening to Cardone right now, like, Hey, we might want to just consider not showing this, these, this thing anymore. Just get rid of it. it Stop hurts.
0: it, I, get I it out see, of the league. I don't know if you saw Dan Campbell's nose, but Dan Campbell's nose oh, was a, as red as, as Coughlin's cheeks were during that. It was and, worse, Scott. And we know that Coughlin had frostbite.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what, where, where I thought you were going with that Cardone was the, the ubiquitous showing of the thermostat on the uh, <laughs> uh, during the games, you know, they, they love
0: they love showing thermostats in cold weather cities and Miami and, and yeah. Arizona. You never well, see the, it in New York.
1: The the ones that get me are the ones where it's really hot, and like the thermostat is oh, yeah. pegged at like one fifty. <laughs> right. like, it's not one hundred and fifty degrees down there. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, the, the surface thermostat.
0: temperature here is one eighty.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You play in the sun? It's not.
2: <laughs> but there's an um something I just thought of again today, guys. And it didn't get. I saw a tiny bit of coverage on it. And the reason why I think it's important, well, for a couple reasons. Um, the, the late in the game, this is the Green Bay game. I don't know if you guys saw this. There was a Detroit Lion player that was down and injured on the field. It was in the red zone somewhere. So, at what happened is. Uh, a number of the trainers from the Lions came out onto the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay? So one of the – so the lion one of the Lion trainers kind of just puts his hand on Quay Walker, I guess the linebacker or the defensive lineman for the Packers. Play is stopped. The guy, there's a guy injured on the field, and the guy – the trainer puts his hand on Walker just to kind of – not forcibly, whatever. And this – Quay Walker decides to shove this guy. <laughs> he shoves the trainer. For, this is especially bad and atrocious given the fact that we're six days removed at that time yeah. from the DeMar Hamlin life being saved on the field. Yeah. And Quay Walker's deciding to shove a trainer while there's a NFL player lying injured on the ground. In, inexcusable. It, 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 no one really talked about it in the media. The guy should be fucking thrown out of like – he should be suspended – for for like half a season for that.
1: Shoving a trainer should be way more punishable than shoving a ref.
0: Yeah.
2: Not
1: right.
0: even not even close. Yeah. Uh, right. And then You're they right. showed him walking down the tunnel and the right. guy's the guy's crying like he's a five year old that has just yeah. been sent to the principal's office. Exactly. Like he just got put in
2: timeout. <laughs> what the hell was that, Scott? Exactly. He he did get ejected from the game,
0: rightfully yeah. so Oh, did we lose Chris? Oh,
1: No. <laughs> he froze up. He's got the thumbs so, up going. Oh, there we go. Oh, he's back. He's back.
2: Yeah, I'm back. You guys just froze up on me uh, on, the, on the screen here. But yeah, I don't know if it's my internet or if it's, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I got to get through this quickly here before the whole thing just blows up on me. But um, it's not even a pet peeve, guys. I had to just bring that up that this guy, I mean, he should be suspended for, for, for six games, eight games, something. The league's got to do something incredible. Even if the Demar Hamlin hadn't like we we're less than a week from a guy's like the a guy's life being saved. Well, you know, Chris, it's interesting because I I had something
1: to talk about with that, too. And, and I, I that shows this hypocrisy that goes on it. And there's several. Demar Hamlin has exposed a massive hypocrisy in the NFL. And yep. and this is one of, you know, every everybody was falling over themselves this past week to who's going to do something or say something nicer about DeMar Hamlin. And I have no, I have no problem with that. DeMar Hamlin, everything I've learned about the guy since then, he seems like an awesome, awesome guy, but it's all, it's all phony. All the, all the love going out for him. everything, you know, Oh my God, the first responders, let's talk about them. It's all phony. When the rubber hits the road, here we are, like you said, six days later, and there's guys out on a, on a football field, shoving trainers around. And you know, the, the thing that popped off, to me this week, and this wasn't my original thought, I, I got this uh, uh, Instagram or Twitter or something, is doesn't the, doesn't the NFL fan base, and, and particularly the NFL media, don't you think we owe a huge apology to Tim Tebow right now? Because <laughs> suddenly it's fine to prey on the football field. And suddenly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, when when a tragedy strikes, then it's fine and there's no mocking, you know, poor Tim Tebow. I'm not even a fan of the guy, I, but I just thought the mocking of him all those years ago was, was ridiculous. And again, this DeMar Hamlin thing, that's just exposed that as well. The hypocrisy of that, because yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't get enough media members and fans out there just hitting their knees and praying to God like they should have been. Uh, but same people who are mocking Tim Tebow, uh, you know, for deciding to live the way that he lives and outwardly showing not in a time of tragedy, uh, his commitment yeah. to that life. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's revealing. It's revealing that yeah. this league has a lot of hypocrisy in it.
2: Yeah, I- No, it's a good, it's a good call, Mike. I, real quick, Scott, just cause you, you, in your pet peeve, Mike, you said the, you question the character of, of a lot of these players in the NFL and we, and we've watched this sport our whole lives and it's just. It's chipped away more and more at me, you know, Mm -hmm. just as a fan, Um, you know, and and seeing that kind of display on, you know, in in that Green Bay game. uh, I don't know how I would handle it if I'm if I'm, you know, uh, somebody making decisions on the Green Bay Packers. But I'd have a big problem with with not suspending that guy like a team suspension or doing something that is unbelievable uh, that this guy's shoving a trainer and, and it and it was not it wasn't accidental it wasn't uh you he know looked sort of, at
0: the guy it, and then
2: yeah no it was a, a full-blown you know just there was there was no question what this guy i don't know what his intentions were other than being just a just a asshole
0: and yeah. i think that's a second ejection in like the last five games but yeah. uh yeah I, problems i mike originally i was going to do a pet peeve on the whole you know, people falling all over themselves about Hamlin, especially when that opening game was the Chiefs, and we had to listen to the first, like, 15 minutes be about that. And I stepped back from that. I said, you know what? This this is unprecedented in the NFL. I'm going to let Absolutely. people have their way. Yep. But then I there were other things in that Chiefs game that I could not overlook. And one of them was the discussion about Kadarius Toney, a former Giant. So Kadarius Toney – ends up going into the end zone twice one one play was called back for for a penalty, the second one he scored, and they can't just let it sit and say Canarius Tony scored a touchdown and leave it at that. No, we have to go ahead and say, Canarius Tony, this young man, he just loves the sport of football he's got a a great attitude about the game, and up upside so they're thinking mm-hmm. why do we have to add these superlatives to a guy who clearly six weeks ago Could give a shit about the game of football or appeared to give the shit about the game of football. And he didn't have a great attitude. He was he was let go by a team that drafted him in the first round before he hit the end of his second season. That's not Uh, indicative of a guy who's got a great attitude.
1: A wide receiver starved team, by the way. I'm sorry, Scott, but No, no,
0: no, no, you're right. A wide receiver starved team. So that's not indicative of good attitude. So why all of a sudden this guy scores a touchdown? And his attitude now becomes put in the spotlight as being a guy who's got a great attitude and the love of the game.
1: It's It's, great call.
0: It's it's what's happened all over, not just football, but sports media
1: in general. It's gaslighting. Yep. And, and I don't know why I I don't know what the intention, the, the end goal of it is, but you have a guy who has a track record of one thing. So the Tony example is great. This guy faked injuries to not play the sport he loves so much in New York, right? And now he just gets traded to another team and they throw him a pass and he catches it and scores a touchdown. And now he loves the game. (laughs) They're just having fun out there. Yeah. It's they, they take a guy's weakness. and It is well-established negative. They take, and the minute he does anything that is good in a game, they pretend that the well-established weakness is a strength. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the, what the purpose of that
0: is. No, no. Like I said, you can't just say there's Tony scores a touchdown. and leave it at that. Right. You know, right.
1: Right. It's,
0: I, I, I'll never get it. I
1: mean, and it goes back probably further than this next example, but I I immediately think of Ray Lewis. Mm -hmm. You know, Ray Lewis went through all his trouble and, And, you know, there's some people who think he killed somebody. I don't think he killed somebody, but he clearly was not a good dude, not doing things that good dudes do the night that all that went down. And the first the first time he gets a chance, it makes a play. You know how the next season or whatever. Oh, he's dedicated his life to Christ. Yeah, of course he did. He almost went to jail. Right. I, I mean. Yeah, the, again, kind of touching back on my Tim Tebow thing. It's it's amazing how how uh, God comes into play when people get the shit scared out of them. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, it's it's this thing, and I I don't understand. There's this rush to redemption. Yeah. Um. You know, they just can't wait to redeem somebody so much that they'll make it up when it's not happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Now, great call. My, my second one, actually, Cardone spurred this on because I had already thought about this, and then he sent a text on this. But Charles Davis, during the game, he he said this statement about after, you know, because we had a delay a game, and then we had a second delay a game right after a timeout. <laughs> Jeez. And he says, yeah. Charles Davis said the refs have tightened up delay a game all year long in the NFL. <laughs> Are you shitting me? How many yeah. times have we seen the play clock hit Negative one, two, three sits at zeros. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's still flags
1: that haven't come out. His his most comical uh, comment about that was was not only that they've tightened up. No, they haven't. Hey, so that first part was wrong. But then he said, "Now it's pretty standard across the league." No, no, <laughs> no. no, it's no, not.
2: It's not again, just trotting <laughs> out fallacies.
1: Yeah, just things that aren't true. Just and that the second one. Listen, it's inexcusable to let the clock get back down there. I'm not I'm not saying it was bad or anything. It's, it's inexcusable. But man, they wanted to throw that second one so bad. That ref is like looking at the clock. Yeah. He's got one hand on the flag, like, oh, oh, let me see a zero so I can throw this second one. <laughs> Cause he's probably thinking the same thing. there's no way I'm giving you a heartbeat on this one. You're getting this
2: flag. I tell you, my favorite part of that play was Dable just Barking at a third string quarterback who's never started a game yeah. in his career. That was yeah. awesome. I'm so, like, look at Dable.
0: I mean, <laughs> so so when when Davis, lo- Davis Webb trucks a guy to get in the end zone, why is not the, the announcer not going? He just loves this game. He carries a clipboard half the time and he right. he has a fervor for the game of football. Man. He's got such a great attitude, but we get got that with Canary's Tony.
2: Darius Tony, God, you get it.
0: That
1: is such a great,
2: That is a greatest, great call one next to
1: each other. Comparison that exactly what, what Davis Webb did, not just on that play, particularly on that play, but in this whole game, that is just a guy you could tell the, the comments they said he was making, you know, in the interviews up to the game, like he was just freaking thrilled. Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, I, I love that. They let him throw a bomb. I know they wanted to get him a touchdown, So he got one rushing and one passing. I mean, and you could see everyone Barkley, Dable, everybody was excited for the guy.
2: You know, it was, it was cool. I I was thinking by the end of the game, I'm like, why is this guy not our second string quarterback?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know if anyone else
2: was thinking that, or maybe I'm crazy, or maybe I don't don't know. I I need a bigger bigger sample size. But I was, by the end of the game, I'm like, why is
0: this guy not number two? I'll tell you what, Webb looked good in the preseason.
2: He did. He did. He did for what that's worth. Yeah.
0: Well, well this we got, game
1: was the only difference in this game was he was playing against the best team in the NFL uh, starters. Right.
0: starters. Yeah. With exactly. our
1: with his with a with a uh offensive line other than Neil, who was not starters, and receivers that somehow, somehow we have receivers on our roster who don't start.
0: I don't I don't even know how that's
1: possible. But <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't
0: think David Sills got a catch in this game. <laughs> so he's he's just completely falling off the radar. He's
1: vaccinated. <laughs>
0: so, so, so we have a lot of questions to get to. Oh God! First one, my friend Bruce, and, and he said, "I'll, you know, as long as you humor me, I'll stop bugging you." But what are your favorite superstitions for a game? Hmm. I'll start with Chris on that one. Oh
2: man. Um. Well, you guys know. I mean, a, a couple things. Um. I don't. Uh. I don't watch Graham Gano's field goals. You know, that's one little <laughs> that's- thing.
0: That's off the top. Right?
2: Man. So, yeah. as, uh, Gano, well, who's well, been... Well, wait,
0: put it this way. You don't watch any field
2: goals. I'll watch That's our... Good, I'll, watch, really watch I'll watch the opponent's, the opponent's field goals. Oh. But, you know, one of my... So, I don't know that I have, like, a game day superstition. I mean, um, but one thing... Uh, it's weird. I do this... I'll... On a certain... On certain plays, uh, especially if I'm watching at home, I'll literally, like, do my DVR and pause certain plays in the middle of it and and and, and do it like a, almost in like slow motion so for some reason superstitiously i feel like i have more control of the of the play if i actually pause it slow it down pause it slow it down and watch the like, outcome i i feel so like, like-
1: like Jones yeah. is, is uncorks one and you stop it as soon as it leaves his hand. And just oh, like, I'm,
2: I, ooh, I I'm to, actually, yeah, or, <laughs> or yeah, the ball will be in midair. And I'm thinking like, okay, it looks like the receiver's open. I can't tell. Is he going to catch it? And then like, I'll play it and like, yeah, I'll do stupid things like that sometimes That's just awesome. with the, uh yeah, you know, like on the, on the DVR. So I have a lot of superstitions with like the DVR and how I watch the game sometimes. And it's weird. I'm not consistent with that every, you know, every game, but like there's certain games that I get a feel for that. So I, I don't know if I can call it a consistent superstition. But as you guys know, I haven't I – told, I told you uh, when I was at home for Christmas watching the the, the Viking game, um, you know, we. I, I can't watch the field goals. So one of my nephews said, so you haven't watched our best player the whole year? <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I guess I haven't. I don't even know That's what great. number Greno is.
1: <laughs> That's great. I have um, – I'm always superstitious about what I'm wearing, um, you know, and, and I'll – if I have something I really like and I've worn it once and we get a loss, I will hold that until we're playing a game I really think we're going to win. And then I'll bring it back out and try to bring some luck into it. Um, so th- there's definitely that. That goes way back. But I- I've got a new one here that's come up these last couple of years. And it actually started with Michigan. And it's uh, my my wife found a mac and cheese recipe. And she made it two years ago on the day Michigan beat Ohio State. So I've had her make that mac and cheese every big Michigan game, a Giants game since like she made it for the Colts game. So I'm not overdoing it. You know, I'm just like, if we need it, she's you. She made... Yeah. I didn't have her make it, then. I thought we didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> T- TCU
2: should have made it this week. <laughs> oh man. They needed a lot of help.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, what I'm wearing in the mac and cheese.
0: I'm a little bit like you with the wearing stuff. So I, I, I have the, uh, Hampton jersey on right now, and I've been wearing Hampton because we've been on a roll. Um, so I haven't moved off of that. Um, I I don't really have any other. I used to like look at the alignment of my my uh, remote control. I'd have it on the floor in front of me, and if it was crooked, I'd be like, "Whoa!" And I'd have to. It was <laughs> yeah. more of an ADHD thing, I think, than yeah. anything else. When I was younger, and I grew up in upstate New York, there were two channels that used to have the Giants game on. It was uh channel 12 and channel three. Hmm. And if the giants were doing bad on three, I, I, I'd, I'd flip it over to 12. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've, <laughs> I've gone to a different room to watch on a different TV. I, I've done that since I was a kid too. Like, you know, I'll be, I would have been upstairs in our in the house I grew up in and the giants are getting their ass kicked at halftime. So I'd shut that down. I would go downstairs into the den and turn that TV out and, and watch the rest of the game down there. That has a surprisingly good track record.
0: Yeah. TV. Same with me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I flip it over to 12. All of a sudden the Giants would be doing well. And I just yeah. leave it on there, you know? Yeah. And then every now and then I would accidentally hit it back. I'd be like, no, what no, I do? God, <laughs> I, what station was on? Yeah, which one you're Shit. on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got a question from, we got three questions from our, resident cowboy fan so oh much like we had the start bench cut on the quarterbacks yeah start bench cut tiki saquon and joe morris so I'll, I'll start with chris on this one
2: wow um tiki saquon and morris oh man um that's a tough one
1: that is a tough one
2: That's really tough because there's, there's no obvious cut. I don't think, um, I mean, I'm probably. Cut start. What is it again? Cut start. What's start
0: bench cut.
2: Start bench cut. I mean, Joe Morris played on some great teams. I'm probably, I'm probably starting Saquon just because I think he's, I don't know, maybe there's just the sheer talent. I think, um. I I think I might, you know, just go with Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, to, to start. Um, This is going to sound crazy. I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm benching Morris. I love it. I mean, Joe Morris was one of my, one of my favorite giants. I had so many favorite giants on that 86 team and that era. And just because Tiki's a, uh, just a douchebag, I'm I'm cutting his ass. I think just because
0: Joe Morris running out of his shoe and scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Probably going to have to cut from a giant. Yeah. So I definitely I,
2: can't I, cut to either one of the other two. So, I mean, Tiki, I, I love Tiki when he was at his prime in like, you know, 05 and 06 around there before he's he cut his own, you know, his retirement short, whatever. But Tiki, his comments and just to his his smugness and his bullshit. Yeah, I'm cutting his ass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with the cut 100 percent. It's Tiki. Um, you know, I will I will and friendships over people talking shit about Eli Manning. So, Tiki's Tiggy right. is cut without a question <laughs> and and same thing Chris. Of course, he was awesome. Once he cured the fumbling thing, he was off the charts. It was unbelievable. But yeah. I'm cutting him. And then I'm going to I'm going to change your other two. I'm going to start yeah. Joe Morris as my plotter. And then I'm bringing Saquon in late in the game to to hit my home run or I yeah. I bring him in off the bench on third down or something. So, I'm I'm going to go start Morris Bench Saquon and cut Tiki.
0: Yep. Now I originally, Good. when I saw this question, I was going to start Tiki without any question, just because he was the most consistent running back I'd ever seen wear a giant uniform. But then I started thinking about his personality and I came to the same conclusion you guys did. And I, I demoted him and 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 cut him. And I went with Saquon as the starter just because I I see Saquon as a healthy running back being the best running back we've ever had. Mm -hmm. And, and, and and so on that, that merit alone, I I would do that. Now I love Joe Morris, just like you guys did. Joe Morris to me was a beneficiary of having an excellent offensive line. And he was a plucky guy. You know I mean? He was, he was a guy that could, you know, back then we didn't really have a ground attack. So he, he just was the guy that would get the quick hitter every once in a while. But when he did, I mean, the guy would he would take the ball off, go around end, and go fifty yards, and, and yeah. you'd be like, "Oh, wow, all right." Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: and Morris was never a uh, pass receiving back. We never threw to no. our we never no. threw to no. our running backs back then in the Sims yeah. era. I mean, a lot, a lot of teams didn't, I guess, of that.
1: We just put uh, Megan you know. in when we but yeah. to do that.
2: Morris was not. A, so he he's he was one dimensional to me. Morris. Uh yeah. He was. He, he had a couple great years, but uh, that's why I started Saquon over Morris.
1: No? You could, uh, you could yeah. pluck some other, uh, running backs in there and still make that question interesting. Like Meggett and OJ, yeah. um, for sure. The guy who has well, a question Hampton, there too
2: Roddy, Hampton. Hampton. Roddy yeah.
1: Hampton, come on. Hey, the sure guy on. who has a the question there knows my, I had a, uh, like a Superman crush on Otis Anderson. I just thought he was the coolest freaking running back ever. Yeah. I met him in person and he insulted me, but that, that's a story <laughs> for another, another day.
2: There
0: you go. <laughs> you told that on a, on a yeah. podcast season one. Yeah. So uh, the, the second question he had, and I think we we probably all will be in agreement on this. Was it a mistake to bench the starters against Philly? I'll tell you this. There's a lot of differences between this game and the Patriots game from years ago. First off, mm-hmm. the Eagles were not undefeated going for a historic season. Second off, there was no real moral victory to be had to play our starters. So I I am completely on board with with resting our starters for that game
2: without question uh it was the right decision I, uh there was no way in hell uh we should have been playing our starters in that game so i was uh obviously overjoyed by dables and the coaching staffs this des- des- decision to not start anybody um so it was absolutely the right call there was can you imagine uh had anybody i don't care and it doesn't i'm not even talking about jones or barkley anybody uh of significance going down in you know in that in that game for for no reason um yeah it would have been nice to you know, beat Philly and all all that, but it, it, you're right, Scott, Uh, it was so different back in that, that, um, you know, seven season with, uh, you know, Coughlin and going up against uh, the undefeated Patriots didn't even, it paled in comparison this game. And, and, uh, I didn't see there any point in starting anybody against Philly.
1: I'll say this. I think, um, had the Patriots not been undefeated, I think Coughlin benches, at least some of the starters in that game. Coughlin was, Coughlin was just trying to make sure that the Patriots were an honest 17 and 0. That, that's all. He was just, he, you know, he was just trying to do his part for NFL history and, and, you know, win, lose or draw, the Patriots are going to earn it. Um, yeah. I, I think that was what that was more about than anything else. Uh, I, I'll say this about the benching of starters and not, I think, there are so many intricate differences in each team. And I just think you got to trust that your coach has his finger on the pulse of the team and what the right decision is. Because yeah. um, it, it, there's no boilerplate answer. I don't think you can say definitively hundred percent. It's always a mistake to bench your starters when you don't need to, or you can't say it's always a mistake to play them. I think every team and coach kind of knows coming into the game, what he has to do in this case. And, and this is the way Dable took it and played it and called it. The Giants got a free bye week, yeah, and they're about the only team that did that. They got a full bye week. I mean, they even yeah. they didn't even start their their backup quarterback in the game. So, <laughs> you know, so if if you're one of the believers that getting the buy is an important thing, well, the Giants basically have had a buy here. Um, I think that's kind of hard to pass up. Yep.
0: And then the final question, and and I think this is an easy one too because Mike and I have talked about this before, but. Would you take a Super Bowl win and miss the playoffs for the next t- 10 years? Yeah. I, said, I said that in, in 2011. I said, yeah. I'd take a, a Super Bowl win and miss the next 10 years of playoffs, and we did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's yeah, we, interesting we, to ask that to Giants fans, because that's typically about what happens to us, though.
2: I know.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, actually, a, a Dallas Cowboy fan should want that. The Dallas Cowboys haven't sniffed the Super Bowl since, what, the early 90s, 94, 95? Yeah. 95. 95. So I yeah. mean he's he's had multiple playoff runs, actually multiple playoff appearances, no appearances. runs. Yeah. Runs. Yeah. And and we're going on almost thirty well, years.
2: I mean the equivalent I can say yeah, and and of course I agree. We and we've talked about it before. Yeah, definitely the 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 championship it just supersedes everything when you have a championship. You know you can. I, and this might not be a great example because a, a lot of people like, you know, maybe, you know, if you hate the Yankees, uh, you know, I, I love the Yankees. So I grew up a Yankee fan. And, you know, um, so they've they've had a lot of championships, obviously, in, in their history. But they make the playoffs every year, the Yankees and people. It's almost I always kind of refer to them as sort of like the the Cowboys of, of Major League Baseball, where a lot of people everyone. Are- everyone <laughs> well, everyone just like I'm just I know, Mike, but I'm just more in terms of. They win all the time. They win every year and they were favored to win. They don't No. they I'd rather no. have, you know, it's been uh, like they've won one champion. They've won one they World won 2009. Series since 2000. Yeah. So I'd rather have at least one more World Series than all their playoff appearances and fucking getting beat by the Astros and everybody, you know, Tigers and a couple. Yeah. You know, I'd rather have the championship. It, it supersedes uh, yeah, the, I, the playoff appearances. Yeah,
1: I think there's so many. I, I hope Scott will remember this, but you know, when we grew up, the the Super Bowl win was everything. Yeah, it was everything. I mean, it almost like voided the next year. It's like it was a victory lap the next year, you know, it's it's absolutely everything. And, yeah, I, I would absolutely take a championship um for ten years of no playoffs if I could make that deal. It's just it it's historic. It's, you know, you're it's everything you want. Now, I remember, Like two years after the Giants won in two thousand seven, probably about when we were getting ready to win again, uh, Scott and I on the the BBI football message board were on there, and there were people who wanted Coughlin gone Mm -hmm. at that time. You know, and one of the arguments was, "Great, he won us a Super Bowl. What has he done for us lately?" I'm like, "Are you shitting me?" Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you know, we you know we all made fun of the guy, uh, but you know, it's like. You know, you're talking about, you know, Sir Edmund Hillary. Oh, yeah, he climbed Mount Everest once. What's he done since then? You know, it's <laughs> like it's like I I just don't get that how how mm-hmm. you can how you could win a championship, especially in the NFL, and I and I'd say the the other one I think is is equally or maybe even more difficult is uh NCAA basketball and have and care about and really have to be concerned about your job 2 years later. That's <laughs> insanity to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, when 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 the Giants won, especially the second one, like in my mind, Tom Coughlin would be the coach of the Giants until he's one hundred and six years
0: old if he <laughs> wanted to be. If he wanted to, if he died yeah. on the field at halftime, yeah. yeah, I'm good with that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I know that uh, popular culture right now is is more of a what have you done for me lately thing, but I would totally make that deal.
0: All right. Actually, actually, I have
1: made the deal. I I believe I got. I think you and I both talked
0: about that (laughs) in 2011. We said I'd take a Super Bowl here if we if we had 10 years of shitty football. Yeah, and and we didn't know it'd come true. It did. (laughs) Yeah. So so, uh, we are the three angry giant fans. Uh, Hit us up at Angry underscore three. Bring us questions and, and bring us questions other than just our Dallas fan. So we can. Uh, but he shouldn't it, stop, though. Those no, no, no. They're good. They are good questions. Yeah. I'm just kidding. He he, he <laughs> might be lamenting a loss coming up on Monday night anyway. So uh, we we both could be sitting here, he, regardless, win or lose. We will be back next week to talk about the playoff action. We'll be with you through the end of the playoff season and and the Super Bowl, and then after that, we'll take some time off before the the draft and and uh, and free agency. But uh, this,
1: unlike. Unlike Sean McVay and Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr,
0: Mm -hmm. we've made a commitment.
2: We're (laughs) dedicated, committed.
0: (laughs) So uh, we are the three Angry Giant fans, your host, Scott, Giant, Mike, and Cardone. And uh, we will be back to to break down the Minnesota game with whatever happens next week.
2: Let's go blue. Let's get a win. Come on. Go blue. Go blue. Let's go.